0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica Empathy is our best policy.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: The arrival of Arpyani's offense and continued success of Jack Del Rio's defense will be the key to Washington's success this year. But which players within those units are going to be the most crucial of them all? That and more coming up on this episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget that you can subscribe on YouTube for free or wherever you get your podcast. And you can continue this conversation by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider at jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders. the first two weeks free, and then figure out if you like it and if you want to stick around. Uh, You'll get access to upcoming film studies, notes, and data all through the season that go beyond the show. You can go one-on-one with me on game day, after game day, before game day. And I'm your host, David Harrison, credential member of the media, covering the Washington Commanders for CommanderCountry.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, I appreciate your continued support for the show. And of course... You can also follow me on Twitter at dharrison82 if you would like. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNFL to get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's show, we're going to bring back our weekly recap segment here at the end of the week as we get the season schedule rolling forward, and we're going to talk about the most important commanders for the upcoming season. We're going to start that conversation with the most important defensive players suiting up for Jack Del Rio's Washington defense this season. Now, on Thursday night, I actually took to, uh, took to, sub, took to subtext. I text all of my uh, Locked Commanders insiders, my lock insiders. It's what I'm calling you guys uh, for now. If you've got other name ideas, by all means, throw them at me. And we'll see what we can figure out. But I asked my lock insiders for their list of five most important players on the Commanders roster, uh, not including the quarterback. Can't be a quarterback. Uh, but the the five most important commanders that are going to help determine the success of this team in the 2023 NFL season. I'm going to take that input. I'm going to take my own input and we're going to come up with a list of six players, three defense, three offense. And actually I'm going to throw in a special teams player uh, in there as well. So I guess seven really, right? Three from each uh, offense, defensive unit, and then one special teams player. Uh, spoiler alert, the special teams player is the kicker, Joey Sly, right? Because of course he is, he scores points on the defensive side of the ball though we're going to start there and I'm going to go one from each level I'm going to go one D lineman one linebacker one secondary because I feel like the entire unit's got to work well together so the most important guy from each of those units certainly probably one of the most important guys on this team right so starting things off up front in the trenches the most important defensive lineman and therefore the most important Washington Commanders defensive player in the 2023 NFL season is defensive tackle Deron Payne for starters Deron Payne has the most important ability down pat and he's had it a down pat for the last three seasons minimum started and played every regular season game for the Washington commanders over the last three years so first and foremost just the availability to be on the field stay on the field that is just is just paramount where right? you got to be there it doesn't matter how talented you are if you're not there you're not making an impact right uh but bottom but beyond that he also improved his sack output every year for the past three seasons as well Topped out at 11 and a half sacks just in 2022, a career high for Duran. And he's looking to set a new career high here in 2023. Talked about what it'll, we talked about, what it'll take for the Washington defensive line to become a top five or better unit in yesterday's episode of locked on Commanders. So every day you'll remember that discussion, but remember, those are those projections are also with Duran Payne's Absolutely amazing production in 2022 career highs in a lot of areas. So, That production needs to be maintained or it might even have to be improved upon. So the bottom line is Washington needs to see the same Duran Payne post bag that they had pre bag last season when he was out there uh, in search of a deal. And certainly everything that Duran has said this preseason says that he's intending to do exactly that, if not better. And he's looked very good on the field when we've been able to see him there limited preseason action right but in practice certainly uh looking the part so so far so good on that front and let's be real another reason deron Payne is going to be so important this year again when you go back to those defensive line projections is let's be a little bit real about chase young here chase young even before his injury that took away a season and a half of his career so far was at one and a half sacks in his ninth game of his second season that is not amazing production that is not number two overall production from a pass rusher that you drafted that highly expecting him to become uh, one of the building blocks of your organization. So we've yet to see chase young play healthy this season, this regular season, because there's been no regular season game. So we can't cast doubt on chase so much, but the bottom line is that we look at the last time chase was healthy. Chase was fully available. It wasn't exactly bang gangbusters uh, numbers, right? So if chase young is going to improve fantastic, but this team needs to prepare for in case chase young isn't improving from the last time we saw him in the pace that we saw him playing at before the knee injuries, uh, or before the knee injury and the two knee surgeries. So they may need a better Deron Payne or John Allen or Montez Sweat. And if Deron Payne is playing at the same clip he was last year, whether Chase Young is getting better or not, he's still going to make life easier for John Allen, who's certainly steady in doing his thing. And Montez Sweat, who's looking to improve his ability to close pass rushes, turn more pressures into sacks of the season, looking for a new contract himself uh, as well. So for those reasons, Deron Payne, the number one most important player on the defense, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, certainly part of the or certainly the most important player on the most important unit within the defense. Right. So secondly, looking at the linebacker unit, the most important linebacker on this commander's team, as far as how it's going to dictate Washington commanders uh, success in 2023. Cody Barton, the newcomer, the new guy. Uh, again, we talked about him yesterday in our last episode, talking about uh, who, the, who the, the strongest units are and who the units are that need to prove the most the linebacker unit here with Washington commanders needs to prove a lot. And Cody Barton is kind of going to be spearheading that effort to prove anything and everything they can uh, to Washington commanders, fans media, and honestly, mainly, mostly themselves. Right. Uh, So Cody Barton's coming in here from Seattle. And again, according to the Seahawks media, people that I've spoken to much better fit for the commanders defense than he was the Seahawks defense. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But bottom line is he's essentially coming in here to replace Cole Holcomb, who is now the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, in 2022, when Cole Holcomb got injured and basically eventually was off the team for the rest of the season, at the time of the injury, he was on pace for 167 tackles before he got injured. That's combined tackles, not solo. Because if it was solo, that'd be a record-setting pace, uh, the record being 157 solo tackles by Ray Lewis. Uh, and combined the combined tackle record is 214, currently held by Hardy Nickerson. So not quite on that pace either. But still, 167 combined tackles, a very good pace. That is the production that Washington is looking for Cody Barton to come in and replace. And even more, it looks like they're going to expect him to be a part of the pass rush more than Cole Holcomb was. And uh, they're they're looking to improve on the 140.2 QBR, according to PFF, that Holcomb was allowing uh, in the passing game when he got injured last season. That's not a very good QBR to be surrendering uh, when the max is, what, 153.2 uh, or 0.6. I can't remember exactly, but 153 point something. Bottom line, though, if the linebackers don't get better this season with the addition of Barton, that's going to stress the front end. It's going to stress the back end more, and it could lead to some breakdowns that offenses are going to take advantage of uh, or less aggressive pass rushing and more taxed pass coverages uh, for the Washington Commanders defense. So certainly want to see this linebacker group at least replicate the success that that Cole Holcomb was having when he was healthy, uh, if not improve upon it. And again, uh, if Cody Barton does become a better part of the pass rush compared to what Cole Holcomb was doing. That certainly is only going to help uh, matters uh, as well. So Cody Barton, number two, for obvious reasons, more of a here's what you need to prove versus here's how great you are. Daron Payne, here's how great you are. And that's why you're important. So, again, importance does not necessarily equal amazement. Right. We're not talking about who the best players are. We're talking about who the most important players are. And I think Cody Barton, for those reasons, certainly one of the most important players on this defense. Third, going to the secondary, most important person in the secondary this season. uh, It goes off of last season. Defensive back, safety, Cameron Curl. Uh, After Washington lost to the San Francisco 49ers in December of last year, Coach Rivera was asked about not having Cam Curl on the field, and he simply said, quote, we felt it, end quote. And, yeah, Coach Rivera wasn't kidding. That game was the second time that uh, a team had scored in the 30s against Washington's defense. The other was Detroit way back in week two. So from December, uh, September to December, uh, that's how long it took for a team to score in the 30s, which is kind of okay in itself. But the thing is, Cam Curl was out for each of the, those games. In fact, when you look at the six games, which is just over a third of the of the regular season, that Washington gave up the most points in the season. So these are six the six games that opponents scored the most points in. Uh, you got week 16 at San Francisco, 37. Week 2 at Detroit, 36. Week 4 at Dallas, 25. Week 3 versus Philadelphia, 24. Week 17 versus Cleveland, 24. And week 1 versus Jacksonville, 22. Cameron Curl was inactive for four of those six games and all of those games. But one was a loss. The two games that he was active for were teams scored in the top six uh, against the Washington Bears defense. The Eagles in week three didn't target Cam Curl one time, according to Pro Football Focus and the Cowboys in week four targeted him twice. They got one catch against them for one yard. So Cam Curl on the field equals less effective offenses equals less scoring. Equals better chances for Washington commanders wins. It's pretty much that simple confidence in the back end, whether it's in pass coverage or run support from cam curl allows the players in front of him, in front of him, either figuratively or physically sometimes to play faster. And with more confidence, you lose that and you lose more games. I think period that's, that's basically uh, just simple, simple math. So those are the three most important defenders, Deron Payne, Cody Barton, cam curl, at least from where I'm sitting, not the only important ones, right? Praise here is not shade elsewhere. And again, in the case of Cody Barton, especially, who is new, we get to see exactly what he's going to do fully in the, in the Jack Del Rio defense. Doesn't necessarily mean three most talented players, just three most important for varying uh, degrees of reasons. Cam Curl and Deron Payne, really, for what they do individually and how that impacts the rest of them. Cody Barton, because of what is expected of him and how that could impact negatively or positively well, how he performs. But I've got three most important offensive players coming up next as well. That's next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day and today's episode of locked on commanders is brought to you by fanduel get ready for the nfl season with incredible offers from fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed plus all customers who bet five dollars will get 100 off nfl sunday ticket from youtube and youtube tv that is an amazing deal for just betting five dollars now is the best time to join fanduel the app is easy to use and you can be on bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you don't want to miss. Again, bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed and new customers or all customers rather bet $5 and you'll get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. All by going to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <music> Thanks again for making a lot of talk and manage first listen or view today and every day. And every day is once again, greatly appreciate you coming through on a consistent basis like you do. Continuing our look today at the most important Washington commanders when it comes to the success the team is going to or not going to have in the upcoming season. We talked about the defense, defensive tackle, Deron Payne. Linebacker, Cody Barton, defensive back safety, Cameron Curl making my list. Now let's flip to the offense. And we went no quarterback here, right? And I told my insiders, no quarterbacks outside the quarterback. Who are your top five when it comes to the most important commanders players? And we'll look at some of their responses here uh, in just a minute. But Sam Howell is an obvious, right? Most important position on the field. So Sam Howell's out of the running here. So just kind of put that disclaimer out there Uh, anyway. So without counting the quarterback, to me, the most important offensive player to Washington Commanders' success in 2023 is second-year wide receiver Jahan Dotson. And not only is Jahan Jahan Dotson my most important offensive player, he's also a guy who believes that he is in for a breakout season. And I'll tell you right now, everything that we've seen in preseason, everything we've seen in training camp really kind of supports that. But to explain to you why Dotson is so important to this Washington Commanders' offense, I'm actually not going to use Dotson stats. I'm going to use percentages and data on other receivers, starting with Terry McLaurin. In the 12 games that Jahan Dotson was on the field, his rookie season with Terry McLaurin, Terry had a 58% success rate in the passing game and a 9.8 yards per attempt average in the passing game. In the five games without him after he suffered, after Dotson suffered the hamstring injury against Dallas, McLaurin's yards per attempt actually went up. Weird. But his success rate dropped 4%. Why? Because the Washington Commanders had to lean on Terry McLaurin more as the primary deep threat which limited his ability to be a three-level threat, which is really where Terry McLaurin shines the most. You can use him in the screen game, short game, quick game, intermediate game, and you can use him down the field. But without Jahan Dotson on the field for those, for those five games, the Washington Commanders had to lean on Terry better or more as a deep threat primarily compared to, uh, to when uh, Jahan Dotson was on the field. So again, that raised Terry McLaurin's yards per attempt average, but it lowered the amount of times They threw the ball to Terry, and it ended up in a successful rep. Likewise, Curtis Samuel's yards per attempt also went up when Jahan Dotson wasn't on the field, but his success rating dropped below 50% because, again, when Jahan Dotson, one of your, not your only, right, but one of your primary deep threats, or at least even if you're not using him as a deep threat all the time, someone that the defense understands, they have to account for that deep threat possibility. When he's not on the field, your other receivers now have to pick up that slack, whether it be Curtis Samuel, whether it be Terry McLaurin, Deami Brown stepping up into, into a role, whatever it is. And the problem with that, again, is when you're using those guys who are, again, screen, intermediate, short passing game studs, those guys now no longer can can produce in that area of the field uh, as much. And the drop-off from wide receiver three to four, five, six is usually pretty steep. So with Dotson, Samuel, and McLaurin all in the field, they all had success rates over 50%. Without him, Terry McLaurin's dropped below 55% and Curtis Samuels dropped below 50%. So having all three of those guys on there, more of your passes are meeting success. And really, so the question is, is it better to get 10 yards more than half the time, or is it better to get 20 yards sometimes, but less than 10 most of the time? I think the clear answer from a consistent production standpoint is obviously you want to get 10 yard gains more often. Uh, than not seven to 10 yard gains more often than not than you do the occasional deep shot because you're essentially forced into deep shots because without Dotson, you're also likely looking at more third and long. So you might get a 12 yard gain, but a 12 yard gain on third and 15 is not going to be nearly as effective as a 12 yard gain on third and eight because Jahan Dotson was on the field to help you get that uh, two yards, which hopefully you're getting more than two yards anyway, but I think you understand the analogy uh, and the comparison bottom line is the more the defenses have to cover The less they can commit to rushing the passer, or when they do, the more likely it will be that Sam Howell can exploit it. So having Dotson on the field certainly has a trickle-down effect around the rest of the offense and even to the quarterback. Of course, ideally, you want all three of these guys on the field, right? And unfortunately for Terry McLaurin, that may not be the case uh, in week one, but we'll see more on that next week. Uh, So make sure you come back for more of those updates. My second most important offensive player for the Washington Commanders when it comes to them having success in 2023 running back Brian Robinson. So we're going back to back second year players here on the Washington commanders offense. That's how important the youth on this team really is on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think very simply to just put it very simply, the running game can be the co- young quarterback's best friend. We know tight ends are quick passes. are, play action is uh, uh read, read, uh, read options are all of those things are going to be a part of the commanders offense this year, but we especially need that running game to be a part of it, especially against tough opponents. In 2023, Washington plays four games against opponents that were top 10 against the pass last year, just simply in yardage, Miami, New England, Buffalo, and Chicago. New England, Buffalo, and Chicago were also top 11 against the run last year. Five other games this year, so not including those four games, five other games this year come against defenses that were top 10 in interception rates. Three of those teams were also top 12 in rushing defense. Two of all of those teams were also top 10 in sacks per attempt. So you're facing some pretty solid defense. So that's nine games out of 17. So you have eight games that are, that are not against these types of defenses, but more, than not, uh, more so than not, Sam Howell is going to be facing a defense that is elite somewhere against quarterbacks. And of those nine, six of them are also going to be teams that were top 12 in the rush. So pretty good defenses on the schedule coming up for the Washington Commanders. If Washington is going to take some pressure off their first-year starter, they're going to need to find a way to manufacture the running game against some of those guys and that's not always going to be easy but it starts with the primary ball carrier which we expect to be brian robinson jr though he's not going to do it alone speaking of not doing it alone not just as a ball carrier but also the offensive line and for me the number one player on the offensive line that's going to help determine washington commander success center nick gates and that's why he's our number three player on the offense that is going to contribute to the washington commander success the most in 2023 first of all he's going to start helping uh, separate sections as traditionally a center's duty. Uh, his attitude that he's bringing to the team, Logan Thomas actually talked about it in the locker room just this week. Uh, the attitude that he's kind of bringing to the team, to the offense, to the offensive line is going to be incredible. That, that effort to, to be a dominant player, to be a warrior on the battlefield uh, is going to be extra important, but it needs to be intelligent attitude. And I'm not saying it's not going to be, but this offense, I wouldn't expect this, not necessarily this, offense, but any offense really to survive many 15 yard penalties for extracurricular activities, uh, because Nick Gates loses his temper, lets somebody get under his skin. I don't think that's going to be a problem, but attitude sometimes bleeds over a little bit. I've seen Ryan Jensen do it uh, with the Buccaneers more than the more than a couple times, but typically he doesn't do it so much that it's detrimental to the team. So Nick Gates uh certainly going to be a contributing part of that offensive line, and I think the attitude that he brings to the offensive line is something that we haven't seen here in the last couple of seasons and something that they definitely need uh, up front if they're going to overcome some of the – Growing pains that they're going to go through because they they have to go through a four out of five new starters on the offensive line. You have to expect growing pains. Again, we didn't f- forget about the special teams, but I can't go three guys there because there's only three specialists there. Right. So I'll just name one. That's kicker Joey Sly in 2022. Uh, Sly made 83.3 percent of his field goals. Amazingly, Washington actually won all but one game that Joey Sly missed a field goal in. That one non win was a tie against the New York Giants. So technically, the the commanders are undefeated. When Joey Sly misses a field goal last year, that's kind of a weird stat. But five of the 14 playoff games last year had kickers that had worse made percentages, made field goal percentages than Joey Sly. Here are those five. Kansas City had a worse field goal percentage. They also scored twenty nine point two points per game versus Washington's eighteen point nine Cincinnati. That that was another one. Twenty six point one points per game. Tampa Bay, who won their division with a losing record. We've been there. We know that gross. You don't want to go there. Miami had 23.4 points per game, finished with a 9-8 and record in the AFC. Minnesota finished with 24.9 points per game. So the bottom line is, if you're going to have a kicker with this field goal percentage that Joey Sly had in 2022, you're either going to need to keep pace with the top scoring offenses in the National Football League, or you're going to have to score at least a touchdown more on offense per game, and you're still probably going to barely make it into the playoffs. So the bottom line is, you need a more accurate Joey Sly in 2023 than you got in 2022. So that's obviously why he's going to be one of the most important players on this team when it comes to success on the field for the commander. Some interesting names that my insiders dropped. Uh, Obviously, they dropped all the names that I've already mentioned, but they also added uh, the entire O-line and D-line. A couple of people said, I'm just going to use them all, and I I totally get that. I totally dig that energy because it's certainly true. Uh, A couple of people also said the entire secondary, which I think is really interesting. And, yeah, getting the takeaways. I mean, that's why Emmanuel Forbes was brought in. That's one of the reasons Quan Martin was brought in to increase the takeaways uh, from the defense. So certainly could prove to be incredibly important. Terry McLaurin, which, of course, you know, who's going to discount the importance that Terry McLaurin brings uh, to the field by himself? Eric Bienemi, who's not a player, so he technically doesn't count. But I certainly get the motivation uh, and the energy there. Emmanuel Forbes got an individual vote. Derek Forrest got some individual votes. Cole Turner got multiple votes, uh, the tight end which was interesting to me. Uh, but another second year offensive player. So again, that youth on the offense, certainly flexing. And then Jamin Davis got some mentions as well. Speaking of Jamin Davis, we had a new update on him and his court situation. That's coming up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day.
2: wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Commanders. Wrapping up the week here on Locked On Commanders with the return of our weekly recap. Now that we're back in the regular season, we will be bringing back this weekly recap uh, at the end of each week. But before we hit this week's recap, I do need to give an update on linebacker Jamin Davis. Nikki Javala of the Washington Post has been all over the story from the jump. And she tweeted Thursday evening, I think actually while I was recording my Thursday episode because I mentioned that there were no updates at the time of my recording. But uh, Jamin Davis... Nikki tweeted, quote, Jamin Davis's appeal of his reckless driving conviction was continued to March 20 or March 4th, 2024. He is scheduled to face a jury trial on that date, barring a new plea deal or resolution with the Commonwealth beforehand, end quote. So that means no further legal issues for Jamin Davis this season. Any legal uh, ramifications that he's going to face for his charges will be dealt with uh, most likely during the offseason. Some of you will be happy about that. Some of you will not. And I get both sides of that conversation also on friday uh the team agreed to injury settlements with running back jonathan williams and receiver kyrick mcgowan meaning that both players will come off the team's injury reserve list and they'll be free agents once they're healthy enough to play uh they could resign with the team so it doesn't mean you've seen the end of them necessarily but uh there's a little bit of a resolution to their situation so now to our weekly wrap up again every day as you've already seen all these so i greatly appreciate you but in case you've missed any Monday, I dropped my 53-man roster projection, which, of course, led us into Tuesday's actual 53-man roster uh, announcement, which I reacted to. Uh, we talked about the presser, gave uh, where I was right, where I was wrong, and where I was surprised from there. It's really been a big roster week. But on Wednesday, we did talk about Rod Rivera's revelation to Albert Breer Sports Illustrated, that he didn't know how good Sam Howell could be last season. And we also heard, or we also talked about hearing from team president Jason Wright, uh, saying that the team is not considering changing the team's name back despite petitions petitions and uh, fan outcry on social media. Thursday was all about the strongest parts of Washington's off- offense, which are the defensive line and the receiver group, and about the groups that have a lot to prove this season, the offensive line group specifically, and the linebackers. And, of course, today's show, the most important commanders on the team uh, that will ensure or potentially derail, hopefully ensure, but potentially derail the success of this season. We also heard from players this week like Logan Thomas, Mitchell Tinsley, And we shared some clips of Ron Rivera's press conference uh, as press conferences as well. Plenty to catch up on. If you didn't get to all of it this weekend, we'll fire things back up Monday afternoon. I know it's a holiday weekend, but I am working Monday. I will bring you an all new episode of Locked On Commanders. And it will be our first of our first game week. Not going to have a lot of game related topics, but we are going to have some other things. I'll be dialing up some preseason trends uh, that we might or might not see in the regular season. And why? And a final regular season record prediction along with my first quarter preview for the 2023 NFL season. So a lot of stuff to talk about early next week. And then, of course, Wednesday, we're back at practice, Thursday, Friday. And then we got game day, man. So come back for all of that. In the meantime, send your questions or comments in the YouTube comments on Twitter at DHarris82. Or if you're a Lock Insider, just text me. It's that simple. Don't forget, you can become a Locked On Commanders Insider simply by heading to joinsubtext.com slash Commanders. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day is one last time. Thank you for coming through on a consistent basis like you do and making me a part of your routine, your day. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind. I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours.
1: How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispie Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.